Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to the C-Note Audio Extravaganza. This is your host, Mr. Christian Rivera, and I'm here to talk to you about monetization on Anchor, or really monetization anywhere, uh, and how you can, or should, or shouldn't do it. It's really inspired by the, uh, the, the get followers on Anchor thing, uh, station, who, um, I haven't listened to the content, so I'm not gonna judge on, like, that. I just kind of want to talk about the concept. This is not like a shaming or anything like that. I think some people have resorted to some sense of elitism, and I don't think that's appropriate either. I think we should help educate each other as to what uh, good practices are. And I think, you know, like any platform, we're worried that marketers are going to come along and ruin it. <laughs> They've done that to Facebook. Uh, MySpace is RIP MySpace. <laughs> it's still around, but it's kind of dead. It's like the ghost of its own self. Um, so I think we're all weary of, of marketers. Uh, you know, it, it's mostly, I think for me, it's the name. I was turned off by the name because it reminds me of like some robot follower you would get on Twitter and, um, it's something you would ignore. I think, I think it, um, it, it potentially, uh, dumbs down the consumer base. Uh, you know, it's kind of assuming that people are, are, are dumb and, you know, we'll, we'll take that account seriously, but it is different in this sense because there is a voice behind it. But anyway, before I get back into that, uh, I am wearing my boot for day two. Um, this is going to be a long journey of six weeks for booting. So seven days, six weeks, 42 days, it's going to be a long haul, but this thing's got like a million straps on it. I feel like a robot ninja pirate thing. Uh, so I, I can go peg leg. I can I can even let it, like, give me a boost with the way, like, if I move my ankle a certain way, or if I move my foot, it's kind of like a rolling sensation to kind of, like, help get full range of motion on my ankle again. Um, so, if fully, if a quick full explanation of what's going on, I have Achilles tendonitis. it happened a few years ago, softball game, I was going from second to third, stumbled over my own feet, next day, boom. Uh, couldn't walk, but I was broke at the time and had to do a job that involved a lot of walking, going door to door, hitting up flyers, and uh, I still did it, uh, even though I was in terrible pain. Uh, I still did it, and uh, that probably made things a lot worse. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of laid off it for a while once I did get a job, and um, started to feel better. But then uh, I started to get cocky about it, and I started running again and re-heard it. So, uh, nice thing is I talked to my doctor and I was like, you know, I'm sure my weight doesn't help because I'm, I've been overweight probably most of my life. I mean, overweight in the sense that like numbers wise, I've always been kind of like stocky and built. So, um, it just so happens that because I'm short, uh, it's, it's different. I have to think differently about my body and I just haven't been able to. So, uh, it's, I don't look like disproportionately large. It's just, uh, a matter of the actual number, the weight number. Um, but he said, it's cool. You know, there's like marathon runners and athletes that have that. It's, it's like, you know, different amounts of pressure for different reasons. So it's not really that. So don't worry about that, which was nice and fine to worry about. Anyway. Um, so I, it was like two years of like not worrying about this thing and just trying to like get used to it, I guess. And because of that, I adjusted the way that I walked, 
and I don't know, I just wanted to like get some official fix for it and try to figure something out. So I've got this boot for six weeks and then I have like a uh, athletic insole for like six weeks plus physical therapy. Um, and basically what we're trying to fix is Achilles tendonitis. I also have like a um, severe tightness in my calf as a result of the shift in the way that I walk. So um, basically I don't have full range of motion in my left foot. Uh, it doesn't bend all the way back as it should. So it's super tight. So we're going to try to work on that as well. So I have a night splint coming. I wear that at night. It keeps my foot up so that I'm not too relaxed and it, it doesn't... Uh, you know, doesn't continue to do the thing that it's doing. Um, and after 12 weeks, if we're not fixed on those things, then we do uh, some surgery stuff. Yay! Anyway, let's talk about monetization on the anchors. Drums, all right so monetizing monetizing your work let's say it that way because I mostly want to talk about anchor but there's a lot that we can talk about in this respect um, anchor as a platform is interesting because it's new it's a blue ocean essentially um, it's a few years old but it's still evolving in the way that it's still fresh and new uh, any feature could come along and completely change the game. Uh, it can completely bring new users on and make it a new thing. Now, I wanted—I would personally treat Anchor like YouTube in the sense that uh, the YouTubers that are pretty much respected are the ones that will sort of naturally incorporate a product or service into the broadcast. Uh, essentially, they would do maybe like a quick pre-roll or... Uh, work it into the topic that they're discussing, which I think that works better for Anchor. If I was talking about top five reasons, blah, 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 it could be, you know, that product is a part of that or the category of the product is a part of that. Now, it's tricky because you don't want to ruin your credibility. If somebody sees that you are doing a top five and you include the product in the top five, there's clear bias there and like that becomes a problem. Uh, you can't, you can't develop trust with your fan base that way. Um, now, when it comes to monetizing Anchor as a platform, uh, the tips and tools and things like that, we're all sharing that stuff. So it's almost futile to try to monetize that because you could come on the platform and pick them up, pick that up from any number of people. What you can charge for is the actual setup and teaching from the get-go of the platform. Now, that that I'm not against because I've done that for social media platforms, for Facebook, for Twitter, etc. If somebody needs a YouTube channel set up, I will help them with that. I will give them all the insight that they need about like how to edit video, how to do, um, how to upload, how to set up your channel, how to set up your banners, how to set up, uh, how to think about your descriptions and your tags and uh, the types of content you can do, um, the things that are doing well on YouTube, things like that. Um, and I think, I think that's fine for Anchor as well. The only problem is you can't sell a service like that on the platform itself because we're already here. We already know how to use it. Unless you have something that is unique and interesting that people haven't been utilizing, um, 
then it's futile. It's useless. It's moot. I don't even like that word moot, but I started using it and now I'm stuck. Um, so you're basically preaching to the choir. You're, you're, to, you're telling people to do something that they already know how to do. Uh, echoes and follows and shares and things like that. Now, the other thing that's difficult is that there are no, there really aren't major or very specific analytics on the platform. Uh, you get a number of listens in your daily digest and things like that. Um, but for the most part, the only way that you can really track anything is through conversions. And uh, I'm not even sure how you could potentially track that. You would have to track that on the um, on the call to action end. Uh, so if you put, uh, if you talk, if you do a quick like 30 second segment, let's say, on somebody's Kickstarter product, and you say, you know, guys, I really believe in this. I want to share this with you guys. They are paying me, but I only agreed to do it because it's something that I believe in. I think I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's useful. And uh, I think you guys should check it out. So you give a little 10, 10 second spiel, whatever. And um, somebody clicks the link. They go to the Kickstarter page. And they would basically have to just be a tracker that uh, uh, they would basically have to just give you like a unique link um, to track that essentially. So you would have to track it on that end. So that is the only way that I can think of at the moment that you can properly track conversions. And that is kind of nice in a sense because it's cutting out every other middleman. It's, you're not trying to get number of listeners, number of blah, 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 uh, or number of impressions like shitty Facebook does. It says like impression, two seconds, <laughs> five bucks. No, I'm kidding. There's there. It's like two cents. It's, it's super cheap. So, um, but, uh, what I'm saying is that you can charge per conversion in that sense. So if I were to go to a YouTuber and he wanted me to get more listeners to his, his station, his channel rather, I could do the same thing, you know, post a little clip of their thing or whatever and share it. Now, I think it's important to be careful about not ruining the integrity of your station. I think we'll talk about that next. Do you ever get that notification on Anchor where it says it failed to upload, but it's still uploaded? And then you retry, and it uploads like three times in a row by mistake? If, you, if you're not an Anchor tip, that's free. If you uh, get that notification where it says retry... Retry it once. If it continues to do it, um, go back into your station and check the latest one. And um, I would listen to it all the way through, make sure there's no errors, but usually it still posts fine. Um, so I'm not really sure what that's all about. Anyway, um, back to the podcast version of this. Uh, essentially, I want to talk about the perils of, of trying to monetize on Anchor or on YouTube or really anywhere these days because um, the landscape is very different than it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you can get away with like fake reality TV um, or you can get away with ads that are like, buy now, come find my commercial, come find my, my car, come get your car. Huh. I really like that, that character. I want to keep doing that. Come get your car here at this Jim Bob Station. I apologize if that offended you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there's anyone that talks like this on Anchor, but if you do, please call in. I'd love to hear it respectfully. 
<laughs> anyway, um, where was I? That's how you lose your train of thought by doing weird characters. Um, when I do improv, it's like hard to stay in character because you're trying to move the scene forward, and uh, I'm focusing so much on trying to like see how that character can say what it wants. To, like I, you don't think about the entire category or the the entire alphabet of this character. So sometimes you get to like, how do I say the word zebra? Zebra. Like, you know, it's like you're, it's not a word you'll say very often. So it's like you have to kind of work it out in the moment. And sometimes it's a little bit distracting. Anyway, Sabra. Um, stupid. Um, anyway, so you, you got to be careful on Anchor to like not ruin your loyal fan base by doing terrible accents. Actually, no. I mean by by not over monetizing what you're doing. Meaning, you can push your book. You can you can tell people what you're doing. Um, you know, everybody's, there's going to be people that are on here that have that voice, like, welcome to Christie's Corner, and this is, you know, like, it's going to be, like, very, um, quote-unquote professional, uh, which I'm not at all going to knock on that, that's not a bad thing, sometimes people feel more comfortable using that voice, you know, getting kind of in character, as it were, and, um, sort of selling their services and selling their products, and that's totally fine, you're, you can do that, um, it's about getting conversions at that rate. And I think people are following those people for that reason. They know that that's what they are. It's not like they're being a genuine, authentic person. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, guess what? By the way, you guys should buy my book. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, it depends on the situation, I guess, you know, and as long as you're not obnoxious about it, really, really depends. It is really, really situational. So it's kind of hard to talk about it actually, but, um, one of the best things that I can offer is just to to not be gross about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's one thing that people are turned off by with the whole get get new followers on Anchor is because it feels gross. It feels like, at least with the name, you know, maybe try a different name. I don't know. If you're the if you're listening and you are the Get Anchor Station or puts it in front of you. I would love it if you would call in and kind of give your two cents on, like, your your thought process, your reasoning, um, and what you're trying to achieve. I, I think that would be um, interesting to share. I, I, again, I haven't fully listened to the station, so I'm only... I'm kind of operating off of assumptions here. Um, and I think that's actually better, because, you know, you're, you're kind of working off of, you know, top-level stuff, you know, if somebody sees your name and is turned off by it, that's a problem. So that's something we need to discuss. Um, so people see the name and they think of like spam bots and stuff. And it's just not, uh, it's not kosher for lack of a better word. It doesn't feel right. You know, it feels like you're just trying to, uh, to, to quick, a get a quick buck. And that is not at all what anchor is about. Anchor is about, um, community. So far it's been about community and connecting with people by sharing and favoriting each other's stations and, and calling in and talking about topics. And uh, we'll keep going from there. So I will openly admit, and I have before, that marketers ruin platforms. Me and my brethren, me and my marketer friends, we ruin platforms. Mostly because platforms provide a little bit too much leeway. They let us do it, essentially. Um, that's the reason why I think Instagram is like the top tier of the game right now, because they have, there's control over 
what's on the platform. You know, you can't post links in your description uh, or in your uh, captions. There, it's only in your description and your profile. So you're essentially only able to push one thing organically. Um, I mean, you could do it in other ways, but if if you're the type of um, and, th and then the community also sort of uh, polices sort of the content as well. I mean, not a lot of people like uh, imagery on Instagram that is like sales flyers just being posted. Like, that doesn't suit sit very well. Like, people that are going on Instagram are going to watch, they're, they're going to look at beautiful pictures of sunsets or somebody drinking a beer or a baby, you know? that That's what you go to Instagram for. So it's very important for things to be successful on Instagram. It needs to fit within the platform's sort of vibe and feel. And that works for Anchor as well. Uh, you've got to be an active part of the community. You have got, got to be a person that is that has trust and is not necessarily trying to exploit that trust, but is providing value to the community and the thing that you're selling. So if you're selling a book, it's got to be something that's kind of like relevant to your topics, relevant to your fan base, relevant to... Um, the discussions that you're having with people, um, and, and sort of, it's almost like for me, if I was selling a book, I would almost read every chapter of the book on anchor. Like I would tell, I would just read it because if people wanted to own the book and read it on their own, they should be able to hear it and see all of the value in it. That's what I would do. I offer everything for free because anyone who's a loyal listener of mine, supporter, it's almost like buying your book is a donation to you, in a sense. It's not, you're not gaining information. And that's the stuff that I really, really don't like, is, is, is withholding information just so you can sell something. That sucks. Like, that's not helpful. Uh, I, I, you know, I understand if it's like a situation where there's just too much content and it's like, if you want to breeze, like, you could, you could essentially start your anchor station and say, hey, I'm going to be blunt here. I'm trying to sell my book. I've got a lot of great content that I want to share with you guys. Hopefully it brings you value. And I want to read the book from start to finish here on Anchor uh, because I feel like it's important. You could do that if it's interesting. If it's good content, then I feel like you could do that. And you could link, honestly, you could read the audiobook, post it to Anchor, or post you know, the first 90 minutes at a time. Um, post it to Anchor and put the links in there or whatever. And uh, basically, at the start of it, offer someone to say, like, all right, I'm going to read this through, but if you want to be ahead of me, or, like, you know, read a little bit, like a snippet every day, rather. So it, maybe it takes 90 days or something to read the whole book, and you're not bombarding people with that. Um, what you can do is, you know, put the links in there for each day, for each segment that you post that talks about the book or whatever. But at the beginning of it, you could say, like, Hey, I'm going to, I am going to read the book. So if you have patience and you want to wait it out, you'll be able to hear the whole thing. But if you don't really have time and you want to read it, read it on your own or listen to the audiobook on your own, here's the link. You can buy it. And you're basically giving them options. You know, you're not trying to like, you're, you're not gating information. You're not doing it. For, you're not, um, you're, you're not trying to withhold anything. You know, for me that that's what feels gross withholding information for the sake of trying to make money. You know, like, starting a segment and saying, like, I've got all the secrets to Anchor. You know, I, I, you know, you've heard about echoing, you've heard about following, you've heard about doing this, but 
if you email me and pay a $19.99, you know, whatever fee, I'm not saying that that's what that station's doing, I'm saying that that's what, like, the absolute gross thing would be, um, you know, um, email me, and for $19.99, I'll give you the final secret, like, that sucks, <laughs> don't fucking do that, it makes me so bad, <coughs> just don't, I mean, there's no reason to withhold information. It's like a designer that is like, I'm not going to show you my technique because then you're going to get a promotion. All right, shut up. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, you're not being helpful. You're not being, you're, you're not going to progress that way by not being a contributing member of the community. So that's it for me for today for the podcast version of the C-Note Audio Extravaganza. Uh, I hope there was something interesting for you to think about or want to discuss uh, as it pertains to monetizing platforms and monetizing Anchor. Now, I mostly talked about Anchor and maybe a little bit about YouTube. I didn't really talk much about like Twitter and Facebook. Facebook, to just kind of do a quick rundown of the other three, um, and really Snapchat too, I suppose. Um, Facebook is pretty much all monetizing these days. It's still super cheap, so if you've got the marketing dollars and you know your demographic, it is the cheapest and easiest way to do immediate marketing. It is it is essentially replaced flyers door to door or mailers. You know, like you, if you know your demographic, you know it's like a particular zip code. Um, put a hundred dollars towards it. Create a compelling image and compelling copy. Throw it out there get likes, put your, put your call to action on there. And that's it. That's really what it is. Uh, organic reach for, uh, for pages, uh, is dead essentially. Uh, that's just not going to work. So yeah, be prepared to pay on Facebook. Uh, Instagram, uh, is always paid. I mean, it's, you can build a loyal fan base on Instagram, but you can only push one link at a time. Uh, essentially, or you could say, go to this link and then do this or whatever, try to provide some instruction, uh, if it's to the shop. But I would almost, if you were a small business and you were not willing to monetize on Instagram, which you just should, you should just monetize because then you could put a direct link on Instagram. Um, you could just hawk a specific product. So if you have one product in your store, uh, you know, post the link in your description to that specific product and then try to sell that directly that way. That's, that's one way. That's one thing you can do. Um, I'm just providing like one example for each Twitter. Twitter is a little tougher. I mean, you can pay for reach on Twitter as well. Um, I don't really see that as, as effective, but, uh, you can do that. Um, that, that's one way to do it. Uh, I think to maintain, I think voice is important on Twitter. Uh, and Twitter is a really snarky place. Um, so there's a lot of, I would look at, um, IHOP and Wendy's. A lot of fast food places are doing really good on Twitter because it appeals to like, um, it's, I wouldn't say Twitter in general, but a lot of those like fast food places are appealing to lower, I mean, uh, lower economic status types that are a little bit angrier, <laughs> a little bit more snarky, and they're really appealing to that demographic really well. Um, I was working on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt for Netflix, and um, we had a situation where we posted a like a fake Wendy's sign that was the character, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, 
on it because there was a joke in the show about how she looked like the Wendy's girl. So we posted that, and then Wendy's responded, and we had like a nice back and forth. So it's it's really it's really still conversational on Twitter. So it, it's almost like just striking up a conversation and then trying to find out where the value is with people. Um, I would say that's the same for Instagram as well. Uh, if you're a local business, if you're a designer, let's say, which is what I try to push because that's me. Um, if you're a designer and you're trying to find clients on Instagram, you should be using the search functions, the hashtags to find people in your area that fit the demographic of what you're looking for. So look for local businesses, look for their website, and if they have a crappy website, offer to make them a new website. If they have a crappy logo, message them right there on Instagram and say, hey, I really like your work, but I think your logo doesn't quite represent what you're capable of. I, th I would love to be able to mock up something for you. Are you are you interested? It's really all you have to do. So just keep doing that over and over again. If you're if you're strapped for cash, um, I should do that, but I'm lazy. <laughs> um, and Snapchat, Snapchat again is about building a follower base, and you kind of have to use the other platforms to build a follower base on Snapchat. But there are ways to to show off your products on Snapchat. It's just a matter of uh, getting the getting the follower base. So with that. If you have any questions on this segment, on this topic, uh, please call in if you're on Anchor or uh, message me on Rival My Design on Twitter and on, uh, Instagram or hi, my name is Christian.com. Sign up for the newsletter, all that good stuff. I'll talk to you later.